Hey everybody, welcome to Becoming. I am your host today, Tawny Beardall. You are listening to episode number 34. Procrastinating? The real problem may be overwhelm. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited that Sarah Payne is back with us today. She is the life coach that helped us tackle FOMO in an earlier episode. And I knew she was exactly the right person to help us talk about procrastination and overwhelm today because she helps me with that all the time. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love coming on your podcast. So fun. Well, we had great comments from your last appearance. So we know that the teens are really connecting to what you have to say. And this subject today is a big one. I just feel like teens get such a bad rap for being procrastinators, but I think there's reasons behind why it is appearing that they're procrastinators. I don't think that's the root problem. No, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I think procrastination is often associated with like laziness, right? Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. There's, there's reasons behind why we all do what we do. Some of the different reasons that I think could appear as procrastination would be like just being disinterested. You know, that's maybe why they're pushing off doing something is like, I'm just not really interested in it. Or like you said, some of them might appear to be lazy or even um, that they just can't find the time to do it. But in reality, I really, really think that what's causing all of these problems is overwhelm. And that is why we had to have Sarah on here to talk about it. She's done an episode on her podcast. I mean, there's two on her podcast that really related to the subject. And one was called Indulgent Emotions, and the other one was specifically focused on overwhelm. So here is our expert today to help us understand this. I love being called an expert, by the way. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Girl, you are an expert. You are. Can you explain to us why we tend to live in overwhelm? Like, just talk a little more about Well, so overwhelm is a feeling. And as a life coach, I teach all of my clients that our feelings are caused by what we're thinking. We are taught in our society and our culture kind of adopts this belief that like overwhelm comes from what was on our to-do list, right? I'm just so overwhelmed because I have so much to do. But that's really not true. We feel overwhelmed because of what we're thinking. Thoughts like there's no way I'll get all of this done, Mm -hmm. right? Or I can't take on everything I have to do or there's so much to do, whatever it is, something something to do with like, I'm not capable of doing what I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And if we think about like why our brain does that, I call overwhelm an indulgent emotion because even though most of us would agree, myself included, that overwhelm feels terrible. Like I hate feeling overwhelmed. Think about what you do when you're overwhelmed. If you're anything like me, you don't do anything at all, like you or very little, right? It's so hard to like access like that part of our brain that's creative and problem solves because we're just simply too overwhelmed. And so 
it serves us in that we can conserve energy that way. Because as long as we're overwhelmed, our brain is like, oh, you can just sit back and not do anything because you're too overwhelmed. This is way too much for you. I'd like to tell people that like our brain doesn't care for happy or not. So even though overwhelm feels terrible, we can conserve energy that way, right? And it kind of keeps us safe. Like as long as I'm overwhelmed, I don't have to put myself out there, right? Like I would if I were just like courageous or determined or another emotion that might propel me to do whatever it is I want to do, you know? Why does it make you feel like you're doing something even when you're not? It makes you think like, oh, I've got this huge list to do and you're just stewing over all the things to do. But in reality, you're not doing anything. You're just focusing on the things that you're not doing. You're just spinning, right? In your head. Because in your brain, you're doing a whole lot. Like in your head, you're just like, oh, and then I've got this and then then I've got this. Let me just check Instagram for a while, (laughs) right? Or let me just binge watch Netflix. Like that's what my brain is. I just can't. I just don't know where to start. I just can't do it. It's just too much. My list is just too long. It's just too hard. Well, and I know that I live in overwhelm in so much of my life. And that's why I've been working on this so deeply. Even like doing every episode, I'm kid you not, every single episode, as soon as I've done it, I'm like, okay, what's my next week's one? I just all of a sudden get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. I just don't have any more ideas. And what if I don't come up with any content? And it just starts spinning and spinning. And then I just kind of panic and then, you know, use my buffering or numbing, like, okay, I'll just deal with that later. You know, it just feels like too much. But in reality, Erica and I have a spreadsheet with over 50 topics right there that we want to do, that we're ready, that we have people to interview already. It's just that my brain does that every single time. And so it's been interesting to, you know, work on what you've taught me and just go, okay, stop. What I do is just step back and recognize that this is what's going on. I think that's the first key. To overcoming this overwhelm is realizing what your thoughts are and just starting from there, just recognizing it and then trying to decide what to do next. So if we do that, what is the next step? We see we're just indulging in this overwhelm. What do, you, what yeah. do we do next? Well, I think you made a really good point. I think the first step, like it's easy to just be like, how do I not feel this way? How do I not feel this way? Right? We just want to get to feeling better. But like you said, if you just take a step back and then recognize okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now, right? But that's the first step is just, I call it awareness. It's just being aware of what you're feeling and knowing that it's coming from what you're thinking. It's not coming from everything that you need to do. Are you just recognizing that? (laughs) I push back on her on this. But I do have a lot to do, so I don't get it. But even that is a lie, Tawny. Why? You don't have to do anything. Oh. You really don't have to do anything. Did you know that? What do you mean? I don't get it. (laughs) No, you guys, this is really what I do here. Let's take for example. I mean, you have a lot of teens, right? Oh, I have to apply for all these colleges and I have to do all of this homework. But the reality is you don't have to do those things. And I'm not advocating that teens don't apply for college or whatever it is that, or that they just drop all of their homework and flunk out of school or anything like that. I'm just saying recognizing that you're choosing to do it gives you your power back. Yes. So there's a book called Essentialism, and I've heard fantastic things about it, and I've heard you quote it before. 
But what is the gist of that book? And would that be helpful in overcoming overwhelm? It is such a great book. I love to recommend it. The title of the book is um, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And it's basically this idea that almost everything we do isn't necessary. (laughs) And that we have the power to choose what things we allow into our life. And if we're saying yes to something, then we're going to be saying no to something else. And so it's just choosing on purpose what you let into your life, what media you let into your life, what influences you let into your life, like how you spend your time, that it's a choice. And for teenagers, you know, I know they go to school and that probably feels like it's not a choice to them, you know, but there are so many choices that they really do have and that they can decide on purpose what is important to them. And it's kind of like we talked about earlier, like you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. I don't say that so that we all just sit around and do nothing. I say it so that we recognize that everything we do do is a choice. You know, it's a choice to do that. It's a choice. Like I have an after school job because I want to have funds, right? Yeah. To put gas in the car or for whatever reason, you know, or I choose to obey the rules of my parents because I don't want to get grounded or I want to be able to live in their home. It's still a choice. Like you're deciding, I yeah. choose to pay my taxes because I don't want to go to jail, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's just taking ownership over your choices and then choosing wisely the things that are the most important to you. And are you spending your time on the things that matter most. I love that because it helps you feel like you have more control and power in your own life. Sometimes it does feel like, oh, I'm just forced into all of these things by my parents, by school. But it is a conscious choice because you want to have a great life. And by abiding by all of these rules is the guideline to help you get there a lot of the times. But there are extra curricular activities that they don't have to do, but they're choosing to do it because it's a fun social, you know, atmosphere or it's going to help them in their choices in their careers or the college that they want to go to. So I think that is key to recognizing that these aren't necessary, but I want to do them. And once you realize that it's your decision, it just opens your eyes to find the joy in it more. Yeah. And it'll help you feel less overwhelmed if you're like knowing on purpose that you're choosing it versus like it's happening to you. A lot of times we talk about overwhelm, like it's just something that like comes upon us, you know, Yeah. when in reality it's not, it comes from what we were thinking. Yeah. And, and that's a choice as well. That is huge. And another thing you've taught me is like, there's nothing wrong with feeling overwhelmed. It's just that we need to recognize why we are feeling it, right? Totally. And I think it's good to point out too, Tani, that like, even though overwhelm doesn't feel good, it's for a lot of us, it's like our go-to emotion. So even though it doesn't feel good, it feels familiar. So we're likely to go to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So even though, even though like something like commitment or courage would actually like propel us forward more. We're not used to it. And so let's just go to our old go-to overwhelm, just like we always drive the same way home and we don't remember how we even got there. There's a different way and it's better and it's more beautiful, but we're not always willing to take it because it's not familiar. Oh, that is huge to understand. Yeah. And it's indulgent in that we don't do anything when we're feeling it. Same with confusion or even, um, 
like victimhood, like feels terrible to feel like the victim. But when we're the victim, we have to wait for somebody else to change in order for us to get what we want or to feel good. Yeah. And that's why sitting in that overwhelm is going to appear as procrastination. Because even though you want to do it, possibly, you're just sitting in that space where you're just spinning your wheels and you're not being productive. We think we're being busy, but there's nothing, there's no movement forward. Totally. We want to have it done. (laughs) That's what we want, right? The actually doing of it is often uncomfortable and awkward and it takes us having to learn something new and be bad at it, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, applying for college or learning a new sport or doing our math homework, whatever it is, it's easier to feel overwhelmed than it is to try and risk failure, which is inevitable. You know, we're all going to fail. It's just our brain like trying to keep us safe, you know. So do you have tips to kind of help you start a process to stop the overwhelm and start some traction and movement? What do you suggest? Yeah. So the first thing is to just step back and notice yourself and be aware, just gain awareness like, oh, this is overwhelm that I'm feeling right now, right? And my brain thinks it's coming from my to-do list, but it's actually just coming from what I'm thinking. In that moment, like you just have to feel it right? You just have to be willing to like, it's almost like you just relax into it a little bit instead of like pushing up against it, you know, or resisting it, which is what most of us do, or we buffer with it, right? So we go and grab the bag of Snickers or whatever, you know, the fun size Snickers instead, because it just takes the edge off just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so just recognizing like that you're stepping back and recognizing that that's what is happening is that you're, oh, this is just overwhelm. It's just coming from what I'm thinking. It's not a big deal. I even like to just kind of describe it to myself. It's like a tightness in my chest. It kind of feels like my throat is closing up or there's a buzz in my ear, whatever it is. I just like to kind of describe it. And what that does is it takes me out of my head and all of those thoughts that are causing me to feel overwhelmed and into my body, right? Once that like I've processed it, I'm in a much better space to like think logically because you're not going to come up with like a list of 50 podcasts to record if you're overwhelmed, right? You're not going to like your brain isn't going to allow you to do that because it just thinks you're going to (laughs) die. So, But once you're not feeling overwhelmed anymore and you're calm, then you can decide how you want to feel instead because what you feel always comes from what you think. So that I think that's the first step, just pulling back and recognizing, naming what you're feeling and processing it, and then just deciding on purpose how you want to feel instead. And it's going to come from changing the way that you think about whatever it is that's going on in your life. Okay, so maybe we can use an example to demonstrate what you're just talking about. Sure. I think teens have so much on their plate. I asked a couple of teens recently in my life like what they are overwhelmed about, and I got a huge list. There's a lot that these teens are dealing with. And I really want to help be an advocate to, you know, help them feel like they have control over their lives and what's in front of them. And one of the things that could be viewed as simple, but causes them a lot of overwhelm is just the fact of like getting ready in the morning. So they do not know what to wear. They don't know if their makeup looks right or if their hair looks right. And it just causes this overwhelm. And then they just want to throw their hands up and not even go to school. So what's the process for this? You know, like I'm just starting to panic and my thoughts are, I look terrible. I don't even want to go. I wore this, you know, last week. Everyone's going to notice and you start like spinning those wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I would just tell them to just take a breath. 
I like to tell them to be the watcher of themselves, which sounds like kind of bizarre, but it's like they just, instead of being in their brain, they just take a step back and they're like, okay, notice I'm panicking right now over which t-shirt I should wear, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's coming from whatever, the fact that I don't have anything cute in my closet, but really it's coming from like some sentences in my brain, you know, I wonder what they could be. And just stepping back and like noticing your brain from an outsider's perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's really easy to just totally believe that it's coming from things outside of you. And it's easier to believe that because then you don't have to change, right? Mm -hmm. But it gives you all of your power back when you're just like, oh, this isn't coming from the fact that I don't have a new t-shirt to wear. This is coming from some thought in my brain, some thought like I'm so ugly in all of these clothes or whatever, whatever it is, you know, and then recognizing that those are just thoughts and that they don't have to believe them if they don't want to believe them, if they're not serving them well. So you can just choose to think a different thought. You can believe whatever you want. Yes. Nobody else has to believe it. You know, what's interesting. I could totally coach a friend through a difficult situation and say, oh, you got this and whatever and give them good advice. But when it's myself, I just keep spinning. Isn't that crazy that like, I know my brain can process problems, but as soon as it's on me and I'm the one that's indulging in that emotion, it's much harder. It's harder. But I like that idea to just step outside and evaluate what am I thinking and why? And this is a simple example we gave them, but they have some really serious, like hard things coming up with, you know, tests and ACTs and projects and you know, trying to get the right grades and trying to live up to their parents' expectations. So if we can just practice this thought processing with these small thoughts and these small feelings of overwhelm, I'm sure that'll just directly reflect upon these big choices and problems that they have. Definitely. In the coaching world, we like to say the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if even just working on little things like getting ready for school, right, can also translate into other things that maybe have bigger consequences, you know, or outcomes or whatever. Let's say a teen has a big project in their chemistry class and they're like, I don't even get this. I don't even understand. And that's normally where the overwhelm would start and they'd spin and just shut down. Give us a different thought for that. Yeah. So sometimes we can totally disprove the thought, like, I don't know how to do this, right? But sometimes it's not even necessary. Thinking like, I don't know how to do this. They could instead think, I can figure this out. Or I just like the thought, everything is figure outable. Like everything is Googleable. It's <laughs> right? true. Especially in regards to homework. So like, if I don't know, somebody out there knows. I mm -hmm. wonder how I could learn how to do this. I mean, there's YouTube videos for everything, you know? It's so true. But it's sometimes easier for our brains to just go, I don't know how, I don't know how. So you just don't do anything. You don't do it. Yeah. But in reality, like you said, get on the computer, ask Google, ask your parent, stay after class and talk to the teacher. I feel like you just have to start to create this momentum and this movement to just gain some traction underneath you. And I think some tangible things that we can do to start that process is first, like you said, recognizing the thought, changing that reel in your head. Yes, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try something new to ask someone. Just that little baby thought is going to start the movement. And then some things I think that could help us are, you know, avoiding 
those distractions or buffers that you talked about. Maybe first starting with setting a timer. Just set a timer. I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes. I don't care how far I get. I'm just going to give myself 30 minutes without distraction. So yeah, maybe I'm not going to check social media. I'm not going to check my email. I'm going to turn my phone to airplane mode, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's right? not comfortable. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. But it's such good work to do. Yeah. So if you just decide that, you know, I'm going to give myself this chunk of time without the distractions, you'll start seeing like, oh, I actually can do this. You know, when you start gaining this momentum and then when the 30 minutes are up, maybe you're like, oh, I got 30 more minutes in me. Like I can do that again. And you realize that didn't kill me. One thing too, Tani, that I like to do when I'm feeling like totally overwhelmed and I can't outthink my way through it. For example, the thought like, I don't know how to do this, right? With a big chemistry assignment or whatever. Yeah. Like Carol Dweck taught me this. She wrote a book called Mindset and she said, just adding yet to the end of a sentence can change everything. I don't know how to do this yet. Yes. But I'm willing to learn. And that's just like shifts it just enough that it opens up your brain to start finding solutions instead of just like, we have what I call limiting beliefs. All of us do about ourselves. Like I'm just not good at doing chemistry or I'm just not a good friend or I'm just not a good, whatever it is. Right. And those are all just beliefs that you have about yourself that aren't set. It's all about just having a mindset where you can learn and grow in any area of your life. And wouldn't you rather sit in that? You're making up these thoughts in your head anyway, these negative thoughts. Why wouldn't we just choose to have those positive thoughts that are going to help us and gain the momentum rather than sitting in that negative reel? Exactly. If you're going to choose what you want to believe, like let's choose beliefs that get you what you want in life, you know? Exactly. Overwhelm is just not useful. And it's mentally exhausting. It's totally mentally exhausting. Yep. But it's not physically exhausting. So it works for your brain. How weird. Why do we choose that? I just, it makes me frustrated. If you're overwhelmed, then you're, you don't have to put yourself out there. That is a big one. It's dangerous. Like to our brain, right? It's dangerous. Failure is very dangerous. And as long as you're overwhelmed, you don't, you don't even have to, to try. Stuff out there enough to fail. Oh, like think true. about your podcast. If you had just spun in overwhelm forever, I just don't know how to record it, and I don't know how to edit it, and I don't know what to say. Like you'd still just be safe. Yes. Maybe. Oh my goodness. Yes, we've had these conversations <laughs> because I, gosh, I had no idea. Like I didn't set out to do a podcast. You know, it started because of this love I have for you teens and. I could have just said, well, sorry, I didn't study that. I guess I'm, I don't know how, so I'm just not going to do it. And I, I lived in that space for a couple of days before it ate me. And I was like, gosh, I can learn new things. I can try new things. I think I shared with you that I had a bunch of peaches and that we have a little orchard and I had so many peaches and I was like, I need to can these peaches, but I, I don't know how. No one's ever taught me how. And I just kind of lived in that overwhelm as the peaches were getting really ripe. And I finally (laughs) decided I'm going to do something about this. So surely I went to the internet, got on Google and I watched a few videos. I wrote down on a piece of paper, like everything I'd have to do. I went to Walmart by myself and I found all of the items I needed to make this happen. I went home and I did it. And I have an entire shelf full of the most delicious peaches ever. And I felt like a million bucks. I could have maybe called a neighbor or a friend that 
and asked and found someone that, you know, knows how to do it and could have coached me through it. But for some reason, having the satisfaction of learning how to do it completely by myself, it just, I like smacked overwhelm in the face and I was like, not today. And because of that little triumph over the peaches, I know this sounds weird, but it gave me this confidence to be like, I learned how to can peaches. I can do hard things and I can figure this podcast out. Do you remember me talking about that that story so much? Yeah. They're not related at all. It's just the fact that my brain decided I can do things I've never done before yet. That's the cool word. I think they're totally related. I love that. I love that so much. It's a skill set, like learning how to do things that you didn't know how to do before, you know? Oh, absolutely. I just think we can really turn our thought process around. And I think the best thing to do is just to pick one thing to focus on and one place to start after you like realize that this is overwhelming that's causing this problem. Just pick that one thing and have the determination to get to work, to get to work and get that momentum needed to conquer what is causing this overwhelm and this procrastination in your life. So once you process an emotion, like I talked about, where you just are willing to like feel it and inside you, you know, like, okay, it's on my chest, it's really heavy, and it's closing up my throat, all of that, if you're willing to like actually feel it, then once it subsides, then you can just take the drama out of your story, right? Mm-hmm. And just have it be math. Is what I like. There's drama and then there's math, right? And we like to make everything dramatic, yeah. our brains do. But like the reality is if we can separate out like the facts of the situation from our thoughts about it, then that can take the drama away, right? Because the facts are just like simple, boring. I have this report that I need to write, whatever it is, right? And it's due on May 5th. Like that's just the math. Yeah. The drama that you add to it is all of the, I don't know how to do this. This is so hard. I'm going to fail. I'll never figure this out, whatever, right? And then that's when you can dissect it and be like, well, I mean, I figured out other things before. Other people have written reports before. If other people can do it, it's possible that I might be able to do it. I wonder what I could Google to find out how to do it better or who I could ask, right? It just opens up your brain. Now you've got the traction. Asking the right questions. We ask ourselves, I know that like we're taught in school, there are no dumb questions, but I totally disagree. I think there's tons of stupid questions (laughs) and they're questions like this. What's wrong with me? Why Mm. can't I figure this out? Like those questions never prompt us to come up with good solutions. They just, we're just beating ourselves up, you know? So any question that like causes us to feel you know, less than, it's just a stupid question. We can just stop thinking it and stop asking it, you know, instead of saying what's wrong with me, you could say like, I wonder how I could figure this out. And that's the first step that's going to change everything. Stop the real, stop the confusion and just make that first step and move forward with action. It's going to completely change the way that teens do things. I think this is huge. I wish I would have just understood that self-evaluation when I was younger. Yeah. It's like separating you from what you're thinking, right? Yeah. It's just like seems so simple and silly, but it's actually everything because if if you can pull yourself back from it, then you can choose on purpose instead of just being your thoughts. You can be like, wait, I actually don't have to think this if I don't want to. And we have complete control of that. Yeah. And I know when I'm not living in overwhelm and I'm producing 
when I need to, I'm happier, I'm more confident. And those are the emotions I want to feel. They feel good. And then it motivates more action and more bigger, bigger things. Yeah. You can accomplish so much more. Like we could just drop the part where we feel overwhelmed. <laughs> so let's do it. Just get to, get to work, you know? That's like separating out the, the math from the drama, you know? Just like, because we think it's useful. Like we think it's helping us get things done in some way. But when we really step back, it's not. It's just keeping us from taking action. Oh, I think that's just key. And we are going to help teens get rid of the bad rap for being procrastinators. Because I don't think that that is the problem. I don't think teens are lazy. I don't think that, you know, they aren't capable. It's just that thought in their head that they can change and choose to just start and conquer these things in front of them. And I'm so thankful for your input on this because this is something that if we can learn to overcome at such a young age, oh, the sky's the limit for these teens. Totally. Teens these days have to deal with things that we've, like it's uncharted territory, you know, yeah. like that we never had to deal with. And I, I think that they're amazing and that they have so much to offer. And I think it's funny that like, you know, teens get a bad rap for being procrastinators or being lazy. We got that same bad rap when we were teenagers. So they can just yeah. think about how they can give that same rap to their children when they, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing new, right? It's like kids these days, right? How long have we been saying that? Kids these days. And now we're old enough that we, like, our generation says it to teenagers when it's not true. No. We believe in you guys. And I hope that this information helps you to be able to move forward with your dreams and your goals and all of those hard things in front of you. You can do it. Just start one step at a time and gain that traction you need to get to where you want to go. Totally. And I'll just say this one last thing, Tawny. And I think teens are really good at this, at like looking to the future, you know, and thinking about what they want in their future. It's really easy to think that we have to go to our past to find evidence if we're good and like if we can do something. Well, I've never been able to do it before, so I must not be able to do it again. Mm -hmm. But we can really like, what do you want to be in the future? What kind of a person do you want to be? How do you want to solve your problems? Or like you said, the sky is the limit. I love this saying, the future is your property. You can decide to be whoever you want to be. And the only thing that's going to hold you back is you. And mm-hmm. so that's what I would want teens to know. Like, you can be whoever you want to be. This is the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive and to be able to like do whatever your heart desires and just go after it, you know? Agreed. There's so many opportunities and Things are changing constantly and they have the ability to be a part of this. Thank you so much for your wise words and your time. I just really appreciate you coming to teach us again. Yes, anytime. I love being on Becoming. So, Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.